Welcome back to Unprofessional. I am Lex Friedman, and I am joined by your best friend and mine, Dave Whiskus. Hi, Dave. I could hug you right now, Lex. Well, except for the miles between us, that's absolutely true. How are you, Dave? I'm, I would, I'd fly for that. I'd get on a plane to hug you. I'd turn around and go right back again? Yeah. Man. I've done dumber things, Lex. You're rich. Well, we are joined today <laughs> by uh, <laughs> the, the specialist of special guests, uh, Mr. Bailey Chase. Hello, Bailey. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for being here. Yes. I'm feeling like I need a hug. <laughs> Dave will fly That's, to you. Trust me. We, we, need to pick, awesome. we need to pick a location central to all of us. Well, uh, Bailey, Angeles. you're in Los Angeles. Yeah, Dave's in Denver. I'm in New Jersey. I think in Nebraska. I don't think we can get any more <laughs> central than Nebraska for the hug. Cornhuskers, sure. let's do I'm it. In. I'll see you there. Well, Bailey, yeah. for the for listeners who don't know, uh, all of whom will be punished severely after the show, uh, tell everybody who you are and what you do. I'm Bailey Chase. I'm an actor, and uh, what 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 do I do? Um, I, I currently work on a show called Longmire, and I'm getting ready to do a film called Sex, Death, and Bowling. Is that a, is that a sequel to The Big Lebowski? <laughs> it is. It's not a sequel to The Big Lebowski, but it's I'm, the adult adaptation of yes, The Big Lebowski. <laughs> but I'm, I'm enjoying your imagination. <laughs> awesome! And yes. you've been on shows like uh, Saving Grace and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, As the World Turns. Uh, I have. Wow! Yeah. See, I told you I did research. Yeah, those three really don't go together at all, but um, they, they are on my resume for sure. Well, when you put them together like that, it sounds weird. <laughs> totally weird. Weirdly, you played the same character on all three shows. All three. I was Dr. Chris Hughes on every show. <laughs> same universe. Who would have guessed? It's yeah. like that St. Elsewhere thing where all of right. those, those shows in the 80s connected. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Well, Buffy for sure. I mean, that you know, that's, that's going on... Mm, 12, 12 or 13 years ago. And, uh, you know, we're all, we're all grown up now. Crazy. Crazy. And in doing, uh, sex and bowling movies. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, we are. Is, is the movie what I think it is? Is it, is it those three things or is it, uh, is it like a sex lies and videotape kind of thing? It's, um, it, it's not that so much. Um, Although that would be good in that game where it's six degrees of whatever and having worked with <laughs> Laura San um, that would be pretty cool. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's actually a pretty uh, sad story, if you will. I mean, there, there is a lot of um, positive in it, but uh, it's, it's deeply emotional life stuff. And uh, they, they have this cool tie-in with, with bowling and you know, some bowling star from the 70s. And um, the writer-director, Allie Walker, um, who a lot of people may know from The Profiler, and then she did something on Sons of Anarchy, and then she's just kind of, this This has been um, dominating her, her professional life, just writing this, and, and we're getting ready to start shooting in a few weeks. But uh, it's a close-to-home story for her, and, uh, you know, every few pages, I'm just like, wow, this is... Uh, it's it's deep, powerful stuff. I mean, it's almost like the anti-television independent film. Um, the stuff that we don't get to do in TV because there's never enough time to let those scenes, awesome. yeah, to let those um, scenes just kind of breathe. And uh, a more comes comes to mind. It's uh, it's definitely much along, you know, it's along those kind of. That's a good analogy. 
I decided to take the Lex Friedman route, and I'm doing my research <laughs> reading Wikipedia, and I see that, uh, holy shit, you were on Step by Step. Oh, my God. 1997. That's, wow. That's you were, also, you were yes. also on a show called USA High, billed as Hunky Delivery Guy. I, yeah, I, I, I was wondering which one I was the Hunky Delivery Guy, but but actually I may have been Hunky Delivery Guy on both those shows. That's uh, I, I have a new bucket list item. I've gone yeah. through life being a Hunky Delivery Guy, I would say. Yes. Yes. I've been doing it. I've been doing it just for fun all these years. I didn't know I could for me, it's that. I deliver pearls of wisdom. That's what I deliver as a hunky delivery guy. I thought you were going to make a package joke. No, that's beneath me. Been there, done that. <laughs> finding, finding new material. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So how long have you lived in Los Angeles? Uh, let's see. I moved out here right after college. So it's going on 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a long time. I lived in L.A. for six years. No, that's not true. I lived in L.A. for four Liar. years. Six uh, months. I was, in, I was in Culver City for four years. He had a, he had a layover. No. It was a, it was a, I had a condo near the Fox Hills Mall, which at the time was like a terrifying mall to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it still is. I don't know. But we had a, a condo in the Fox Hills Pines. And my wife and I really liked Los Angeles. We just – we hated the part where uh, – you know, and not this is anything new to say about LA, but you know, where a thing that should be geographically 15 minutes away would take yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. And it really just got grating after a while. It does. Yeah. Traffic sucks. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I've been traveling a lot, right? So, so the TV show shoots out in Santa Fe and there's almost no people in New Mexico. So, so that's kind of nice. <laughs> there's, you know, so there's no traffic. Um, but then we were just in Toronto for, for TIFF and Toronto is this cool, beautiful town, but it was also completely overwhelmed with, with people for the film festival. And, and it felt like LA, you just, it was even worse. You just couldn't get anywhere. At least LA, you know, in tends to have eight lanes where Toronto has, you know, two, um, so that was, you know, I guess in a way it's nice to see that it's it's not just Los Angeles that is gridlocked. Wikipedia says you live in New York. Wiki- <laughs> Wikipedia says a lot of things. Wikipedia says I'm married to someone who's not my wife. And you can you can imagine how <laughs> well that goes over. <laughs> well, I mean, we can make some fixes right now. Whatever you want that thing to say, I'll do it. <laughs> I, I got no Wikipedia morals whatsoever. Okay, yes. Um, if we could change her name to Amy. That would make her very happy. Um, I don't. There, 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 there's a woman in there, Annalisa Duran, something, and uh, she's, someone you've never even met. Yeah, I think we even have a daughter uh, from <laughs> well, like 2002. Yeah, yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> see, that was the other thing is with kids. We were just we were worried about sending our kids to schools in LA, and. Um, I'm just going to say that all of LA schools are terrible because what is LA going to do to me? Yeah. No, I mean, we were worried about it and uh, we, we felt like private school was going to be too strange and scary an investment yeah. for us. So, yeah. Hey, I went to public school in LA. I turned out just fine. I was well, well. <laughs> ish. How, uh, how many years did you go to public school in LA? Oh, I, I don't even know. It was so back and forth between LA and Denver that I, I really don't remember. You remember four, which, four or five years, which public schools? Oh God, no! no. <laughs> we moved around so much. It yeah. was um, Sunny Bear. Stanton Elementary is the only name that comes to mind. Mm. <laughs> I had no idea where that would even be. I don't know that one. That either. might have been like Glendora or something. Okay, I've heard of. I it. was too young for any of this stuff to like really stick. Right. Wow. 
Yeah. I'm looking it up though. But there's a lot of stuff to like in LA. For me, I liked the like um, what? The uh well, Bailey. <laughs> I'm from Florida, first off. <laughs> um, Awkward Lex. Yes. We can edit that later. Thanks, right. Lex. We'll, um, we'll, but, we'll but put in somebody else's day. That is a that is a real issue. So my my wife and I are, are we got married last year and so we're talking about the kids now and um and uh that's a very real thing about school in LA and public versus private and the cost of things and um we're actually going down to Austin next week to uh to give Austin a hard look and and thinking about maybe moving there someday. Yeah. And the Why thing, Austin? Uh, we just love it down there. I, I, I have two of my best friends from college who moved there, and, and they've got kids. And you, you know, you, you can go to public school. It's it's a viable right. option. Um, I think Austin is awesome. It's totally dope. And and then you've got the music scene, and you've got football, you've got golf, you've got good weather, you've got the lake. No state tax. That that's coming into play for sure because California is now crazy. It's like eleven or twelve percent. Holy well, moly. you do. You could also just yeah. move to Nevada. Um, yeah, but who wants to live in <laughs> Vegas? <laughs> everyone? <laughs> no, Absolutely. not everyone. Yes. Nonstop party, 24 hours a day. Sounds great. The, the other challenge with L.A. private school specifically is, you know, I have, I have friends in L.A. now who send their kids to private school. And, like, your kid goes to school with Conan O'Brien's kid. And so now every time there's a school event, and they need somebody to host it, it's always Conan O'Brien hosting it, which is, I mean, I think a, a treat, but that means that those dads, the other dads who aren't Conan O'Brien, always miss out on getting the chance to MC their kids' school events. That would be a problem for me. How do you how do you live up to that? You're like, your kid goes and hangs out at Conan O'Brien's right. house and then comes home. Like, How do you not just feel shitty about your station in life? Dad, can we get 27 other rooms also? Yeah. <laughs> no. Go back to Coco's house. It makes it really hard to make fun of him for the whole Tonight Show thing at that point. Right. Yeah, high class problems, Conan. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate My him. heart bleeds for Conan. I, I hate him. <laughs> you hate Conan? Yeah, well, not really. I just you know want 20, I, 27 rooms and a put, right, and a yeah. putting green out back. I would love to have Conan O'Brien's problems. And to his credit, he was very cool about it when he lost the show. And he said, "You know, don't don't worry about me. I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing just fine, people. Yeah, you can make your signs and say you're with Coco, but <laughs> don't you worry about Conan O'Brien. He's doing great. I don't know if this is true for for Conan or the LA shows, but when I was in New York a couple of weeks ago, I did mm-hmm. a, I went to a taping of Letterman, mm. and I was I was genuinely shocked by a few things. One was how small the the studio was, and it's it's the Ed Sullivan Theater. So I I don't know. I've always seen it on TV, and it seems huge. They've even got like uh, these TVs that sit down in the front. You can watch the show on the TV as it's being taped. And even on the TVs, the room looks so much bigger than the room you're in. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to, to map one to the other when you're sitting there. So you're saying it's not huge? It's, it's very not. I think my apartment is bigger. Wow, that's like, <laughs> in that stage. That's like spoiling Christmas. There, yeah, there yeah. is no Santa Claus, and Dave Letterman has a small studio. Wait, there's yeah, no Santa Paul, Claus? Paul Schaefer is like five feet away from Letterman. It looks like they're miles apart, but they're not miles apart. And Paul Schaefer yeah. himself is like four feet tall. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Okay. Everything, okay. everything looks so much bigger. The uh, other thing that made me really uh, – the other thing that was a big surprise, it made me very sad that they spend about two hours before the show starts teaching you how to laugh at jokes that you don't get or that oh. might not be funny. 
That's, you know, isn't that brutal? I mean, have you ever been to a taping of, of a, a sitcom? It sounds like you, you even Letterman. And, uh, man, that stuff is the worst. It's Sitcoms well, are especially bad because it's not just that they, you know, they cue you when to laugh and they coach you on how to laugh. But with sitcoms, you know, if it's, there aren't so many left now that are using a, a studio audience. But, mm -hmm. you know, if they do the same scene again and again, they want you to laugh each time and the laugh just gets faker and faker. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was it wasn't even the like the pages are out there in the lobby and they're teaching us how to clap, how to laugh, what to do, what not to do. And <laughs> they're both hands together. They're presenting it as if well, at one point the one of the pages says, So Dave and the writers are backstage listening during the pre show and they're listening to see if you're a good audience. And if they don't <laughs> think you're a good audience, they're gonna cut the really good material and save it for a better audience. Oh my and there's God. this weird psychological thing that happens now. when yeah, it's like it's it's emotional blackmail. I I feel like if I don't impress Dave, then he's going to give me the bad show. Like, was was I not good enough, Dave? Why won't you love me? <laughs> and after the show, I, I was even thinking to myself, man, I, that wasn't that funny. I hope that they didn't cut the material because I wasn't clapping hard enough. It was your fault, Dave. It was entirely my fault. We got a, a shitty show because of me. Years and years of therapy as a result. And you go in, you go in. They uh, they make they make you watch a, a video hosted by Alec Baldwin, in which she says, if you don't get the joke or if you don't think it's funny, laugh anyway. You can think about it and decide if it's funny on the drive home. That's funny. I that, appreciate that. Yeah, that actually is funny. When that I was saw, funnier than anything that was on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a, a taping in L.A. I went to of uh, Jay Leno's Tonight Show, mm. and I regret some things. But uh, <laughs> the, the guests were Michelle Pfeiffer. What, did you sleep with him? Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer, Jason Biggs, and um, Motley Crue. Oh. And... First, I will say that Michelle Pfeiffer came out. I have nothing bad to say about Michelle Pfeiffer other than that she came out drunk and was a terrible guest. Uh, but nothing bad to say about her. That's mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. uh, Jason Biggs was excellent, which uh, now that I know more about him is not at all surprising. Nope. And then um, Motley Crue was just so, like like Letterman Studio. Uh, the studio that Jay Leno was using at the time, at least, was very small, much smaller than you'd expect. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, they were just so obscenely loud. I would call it maybe the worst four minutes of my life. And uh, not, I, they might have played just fine. I, you just couldn't tell. And you tell. had kidney stones. Right. All you, could, all you could hear was just noise. It was just so loud. They were playing for a, you know, an amphitheater in, in a room the size of Dave's apartment. It was, it was painful. Wow. Pity you. It's terrible. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you poor thing. Yeah, Motley Crue and Michelle Pfeiffer. That's an interesting... Hayden, Pan I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name. Panettiere, yeah, the the oh, cheerleader, man. right from the from Heroes, from the hit the hit show, the long running hit show Heroes. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's in its 18th season. Well, <laughs> was she a good guest? <laughs> uh, she was fine, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, she was. A but wait, I can use young girl. I can use Heroes to connect almost directly to Bailey. You ready for this? I'm uh -oh. ready. <laughs> there was a guy on Heroes. I don't even. I don't know what his character's name is. I don't even know what the actor's name is. But there was a guy it on the final. Been, it might have been a different show on the final season of Heroes. Um, who watched who, that? Who worked on? Uh, he worked in the carnival scenes. It was this big guy, and I looked at him like I know this guy. I'm telling my wife I know this guy. Uh, his he played a guy named Eric Doyle, and his name is David. H. Lawrence, the oh, we got to do Roman numerals now. The seventeenth, David Lawrence, the seventeenth. Jesus, and uh, 
I was like, I know this guy. And then I figured out I knew him from two things. One, he was the voice of customer support on AOL when you <laughs> called them on the phone. But I only knew that <laughs> because he told me that when I met him on the first day of my first class at the Groundlings. And according to my crack research team of Wikipedia, Bailey, too, uh, went through the Groundlings. Wow. Yeah, that was uh, mm-hmm. the express route of, of getting to that connection. Um, I'm yeah. <laughs> D.H. So Lawrence, the 17th. Um, Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, you never you never know. And and that is a cool thing about the business is um, there are all of these these tie ins. And um, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was at dinner in Toronto with this guy who went to drama school with uh, Rachel McAdams. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd told my wife, like, if I were to have a pass, like if I, you know, let's say you get three passes, I, 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 might, <laughs> I, might, I might use one on her. And uh, not that she's interested. And, and this guy's like, you know, and he happens to be a gay guy and he's, you know, not acting anymore. But he's like, oh, my God, she lives a block from where you're staying. <laughs> I was like, I might go out for a run tomorrow just, <laughs> just in case run the neighborhood. Right. But, uh, I'm editing your Wikipedia page. You are yeah. married to Rachel McAdams. I, just, I like to picture you running back and forth all day in hopes that you can just time it. So, oh, I was just running by, Rachel. How are you? Well, it's a great way to stay in shape. What a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I just came out from my morning jog eight hours ago. Yeah, yeah. But I love how she's kind of the anti-Hollywood and she lives in her little you know, hometown and doesn't, doesn't play the game. Nice. Who, uh, who else is on your list, though? Who are the other two of your three? Wow. Um, well, the the long running one would be Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. And, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, how can you not? And then uh, speaking of L.A. public schools, a good friend of mine went to Beverly Hills High with her and said she was not that hot in high school. I believe that 100 yeah. percent. I totally believe that. But you said, how could you not? That That's an easy answer. How could you possibly compare to Brad Pitt? <laughs> oh, no, I don't worry about that at all. I feel like I, that that she, I, that'd be stuck in my head the whole time. Oh no! I mean, for me, the, my concern would be she was with Billy Bob Thornton. I don't know if I can still be interested. <laughs> in there is that, and she made out with her brother, which was right. Yeah, for me, it, I, she doesn't hold it. She doesn't do it for me. I mean, I, I appreciate that she is an attractive woman, but uh, she does not make my top three. But who's the third? Well, then uh, probably Giselle. I mean, Giselle's mm. just a fine choice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know that I have a top three. For me, I I, I can think even zero thought. I can come up with two, but I don't know if I can come up with three yet. Hmm. What are your two? Minka Kelly. Uh, yeah. Who? Uh, uh, Minka Kelly was on the show Friday Night Lights um, as the woman of my dreams. She's played that role in everything else she's also been in, um, <laughs> and she was also on the very short-lived reboot of Charlie's Angels. And I was yeah. sad about it when it got canceled because then there was less Minka Kelly on my television. Yes. Um, number two, uh, I, I was going to say this is an outlier choice, but clearly she's also a very beautiful person, but, uh, Kira Knightley. Mm. Is that your phone? Uh, no, that's my dog. He, um, I've been training him. <laughs> I've been training him to bark like a ring. Hang he on. He needs my, to uh, go outside. Apparently my assistant's going to get it. Get your shit together. Lex. I refuse. That was a great story though. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> But so, uh, Kira Knightley, and the interesting yeah. thing about Kira Knightley is, um, my wife also puts her on her list of three. So that's there's a chance. Basically, Ooh. if Kira Knightley's interested, she can be with the Friedman family. That's interesting. I don't know who the third is though. I don't. I, I'm just sitting here thinking about this, and I, I can come up with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Mila Kunis. That's as far as I can get. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah. Mila's a good choice. You know who else I just saw, but but she's engaged. Is uh, Olivia Wilde was up in Toronto at this? Char- oh yeah, she might be the third charity deal. And um, yeah, she's and she also went to Andover with uh, with a buddy of mine. And uh, I, I didn't know that about her. You might want to put that on her Wikipedia because um, that's one <laughs> of those she's married to Bailey Chase. Yes, yes, perfect. It's one of those fancy pants, you know, boarding schools. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, hey, do you guys ever talk politics on the show? Hey, we go could. for it. So, actually, I don't think we ever have. But yeah, go nuts. Uh, okay, well, let's you know. We we did once with past guest Jesse Ventura. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, my well, god, that didn't Hilarious. that didn't count. That was more he like just talking told us crazy about the, the fluoride in the water was about. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll 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 try to hold my salt with Jesse the Body Ventura. Who as, <laughs> Jesse as a, the Mind Venture? Yeah, I mean, growing sir. up, like I was a big fan. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm still a fan. I, I liked him as as governor um, up there in Minnesota, right? Yeah, um, but yeah. So a lot of people in the last few days were talking about Putin's op-ed in the New York Times, yes, and and, and whatnot. And I actually enjoyed Obama's State of the Union and uh, agreed with what he had to say. But but you know, then they do the analysis right after and the crossfires and the shows like that newt newt gingrich obviously attacked him and of course after the op-ed newt gingrich then sides with putin and (laughs) rather than siding with obama i know i know and you know and it's the same guy who who went on a tirade to try to get clinton impeached for having an extramarital affair while Gingrich was cheating on his wife at the time, his cancer-stricken wife. Yes, and it's does that just... make it better or worse? Worse. <laughs> right, what if they had? A, what if they had like a deal though? But they didn't. <laughs> that you know of. If they did have a deal, that'd be one thing. But they didn't. I asked. Your your yeah, guys' okay. timing is impeccable. You know that your simpatico, the banter is. <laughs> having a we're, hard time. we're very well versed in yes, this. Yes, I'm having a hard time holding it together over here. Um, but yeah, we'll no. edit so that you sound like you. Okay, thanks. But it, it, of course, it makes it worse. It's it's like the whole John Edwards thing. Like, come on, man! And you're running for president in the United States. Like, not okay. I think that makes it worse. I think, I, I don't know of of anything you can do, a shitty thing to your cancer stricken wife. It almost seems like running for president is the worst of those two things. It kind of does. You're right. Because at least if you're cheating on your wife, you're still like coming home for dinner and you're around. You're pretending like everything is fine. Yeah. You're still there to pretend to be supportive. Yep. Yeah. I am in no way condoning or, or endorsing someone cheating on their wife. I'm just saying that uh, running for president when your wife has cancer and is sick is a pretty well, shitty thing to do. Well, yeah. If you're if you're cheating on your wife, running for president is probably a bad idea. There's that uh, there's that line in Ides of March. If you saw it, I was at the dentist last week and. I watched it again, and uh, Ryan Gosling is, is telling George Clooney in, in the movie that uh, you know the one rule that you can't break is you're you're not allowed to fuck the interns, and um, that's you know that's that's a good rule. I want I just want to stress again, I'm not condoning cheating on any of your wives, Bailey. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I've got three now. <laughs> I'm going to be a Mormon by the end of the interview. Dave, uh, one thing we should do really quick is uh, what we should pause. So that we can acknowledge this episode's fine, fine sponsors. Oh, we have sponsors? We do. Oh, that's great. 
Dave, do you know who our sponsor today is? I have no fucking clue. You're a liar. You have the bullet points. Right That's in front true. Of you you got me. You got me. <laughs> I was trying to pull a prank and you got me. Well, here's the thing. It's kind of like we're in intermission of the show. You know, it's a break between the show and then the show resumes again. This is like unprofessionals intermission. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely what this is. And what's amazing is we are using our intermission to promote an app from Rogue Amoeba called Podcast Break. No, I'm sorry. It's an app from Rogue Amoeba called Intermission. So this is, this is unprofessionals intermission, but it's also intermissions unprofessional. That's exactly right. I think you've nailed it. I am so fucking confused right now. So intermission is an app from Rogamiba, the audio software experts, that lets you pause and rewind live audio on your Mac. That, wow. If you're already using intermission, feel free to rewind and listen to me say that again. Intermission lets you pause and rewind <laughs> live audio on your Mac. So the idea is it lets you jump back and replace thing you missed and then resume live playback. It's essentially TiVo for your Mac's audio. So if the phone rings, you can pause the audio of a live stream you're listening to. Uh, the, um, for me, if, if you're on a conference call and you've got to leave the room for a second and you know that you'll have time to catch up but you don't want to miss what they're saying right then, you pause it and you can get back to it again later. This is going to be great for when we're recording the show and I need to run to the bathroom. Exactly. Well, sort of. Hmm. But you can pause streaming audio services like uh, Pandora, iTunes Radio, Spotify. It builds a buffer. And then, you know, if you, if you uh, get to songs you don't want to hear, you just fast forward right through them. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, and yeah. if you're using, if you're, if you're cheap and you're getting like the, the free Pandora or the free Spotify, you can let the buffer build up and skip through the ads. I was never during this podcast sponsorship ad read going to mention that part. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's it's our job to get people to buy this, and to me, that's the biggest selling point. You're right. We should be clear, Rogue Maybe did not instruct us to say that. That was entirely me saying that, but it's it's true. It's I mean, no, it's it's a very cool app. And what's extra smart about it is because uh, I first looked at it back when I still worked at Macworld. Um you pause live audio, but then like you get an IM or an iMessage. Wait, wait, wait. You said back it, when you worked at yesterday? Yeah, well, I didn't do it yesterday, <laughs> but yes, I did recently work at Macworld. Back in those eras, back in that era. Uh, but so if you get an iMessage, you don't want to hear the beep from the iMessage come 27 minutes later because you're buffering audio. So system alerts and alert sounds from other apps like ADM and Mail and all that stuff, those bleed through into real time. So you don't miss those. Those don't get time delayed. This whole just, thing you know, is other just audio. super, super smart. Yeah, I mean, clearly, very nerdy people worked on this app at Rogan. Well, Mobile. I was going to say very thoughtful people. These guys. That's what I meant. They're, they, they are the audio experts. When an au- a new audio app comes out, my, my initial litmus test is, did Rogamiba make it? If the answer is no, I'm going to wait around before I even bother checking it out. If the answer is yes, I'm going to go to the website and I'm probably just going to buy it without even thinking. Yeah. I think that's a pretty and here's the website in question. You're going to uh, you're going to go to rogamoeba.com. I think that's it's the worth they told me to give out. I think it's worth spelling that. R O G U E A M O E B A.com. Rogue like I've gone rogue, amoeba like unicellular dinoflagellate algae.com. So rogamoeba.com. If you want to get really fancy, you can go to rogamoeba.com/intermission, but rogamoeba.com is going to get you there. Don't worry about it. Do we, we could probably Google intermission audio and you'll find it. Don't be a loser. You can find this. Can we can we give out a like a an unprofesh.com/intermission link? Uh, we can. I would be okay with that. For the people unprofesh.com slash intermission. For the people who aren't good at spelling words like amoeba. And I'm going to admit that it's not. I've got to look it up every time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder if they've ever considered buying like the A M E E B A variants and whatnot. Well, like some people, some people pronounce it where it sounds like rogue amoeba. Well, Those not with rogue, but they, they would say amoeba instead of amoeba. It's it's rouge amoeba. Rouge. That's a confusing one. <laughs> rouge. But anyway, you want to go to rouge amoeba. rogue amoeba? I, I'm, and if you I'm, can't find it, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go register rouge amoeba right now. If you can't find it, you're going to get unprofesh.com slash intermission. Uh, I'm assuming you can spell intermission because I believe in you. Um, but it's, I mean, it really is very cool. Uh, and I successfully used it because for me, if, if there's like a live news event happening or a live presidential address, or whatever, I want to see it live and not see it when the reporters are just cutting out two seconds of it. So I have already used the app to pause a live press conference and then come back to it after a, after a potty break. You know what? I want? I'm just going to make a feature request right now. It probably never happens since they're the audio people, but I want this, but for my entire desktop, <laughs> I want to be able to rewind and figure out what I just did in Photoshop to screw up my document. Wow. Right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, unprofesh.com slash intermission. That's the final URL I'm going to stick to. And listen, you can pause and rewind live audio. It's crazy. You should do it. Thanks, Rogue Amoeba. Anyone else? Uh, Not so far. Get on that. (laughs) All right, so let's get back to it. How 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 about Charmin bath tissue? Yeah. Well, I don't use toilet paper, so that wouldn't work. Oh, interesting. I'm a bidet man. You really needed to follow up with that faster. (laughs) I felt felt like it was necessary. (laughs) I think just announcing that you don't use toilet paper is probably the wrong way to go. He was leaving a pause in there in case Charmin wanted to step in. (laughs) Wait, we're (laughs) the bear. (laughs) We've got the bear right here, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I I have to say, I... I've thought about this, and I'm not sure that I'm on board with these uh, companies making the the wet wipes that you can buy as your portable toilet paper alternatives. Wait, why? why? I'm not going to name their names just in case any of them ever sponsored the show. But uh, I, uh, my concern is that um, I, I I've read recently that those such wipes are clogging up the piping systems of the world, huh. and. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people should have travel bidets instead. And Dave, you have come up with the perfect travel bidet solution. A super soaker. A super soaker. Right. And I think that's, I think we should all walk around with super soakers. Or I think just I the bathroom I don't mean like one of those giant backpack mounted super soakers. Just like the little handheld one. Like a super soaker 50 would be plenty. Yeah. You just want a water gun. Yeah. Like a spray bottle. Right. I'm just saying. Can we, can we go one show without talking about our asses? Yeah. <laughs> Bailey votes yes. <laughs> A super soaker. Yeah. What is that? Say that 12 times really quick. The, oh, you don't remember the super soaker? I don't. You were born in 72, right? Yes. I feel like you should know the super soaker. Did. Uh, the super soaker was a water gun uh-huh. that you pump with a, uh, you'd pump it up in an air tank to make the spray be able to shoot further in the, uh, in the water. Well, it was a, it's a single tank with the water and you, you pump air into it to create pressure and then you pull the trigger and the pressure is released forcing the water out and um onto other people or uh, onto your body if you're using it as a personal cleansing device interesting and this was a big thing really clinical right there yeah this was a big thing in the 70s and i i forgot i think it was the 90s (laughs) what's it uh, i did a lot i think the suggestion was that you were you were old enough to yeah I I i did a lot of drugs in the 90s Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, which were your favorites? They're kind of um, mostly crack. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of crack cocaine. 
<clears throat> is that is that how you met Rachel McAdams? In no, unfortunately, fell that, in love. That didn't happen in reality. On Wikipedia, yeah. it's happened, but um, not in the real day to day. At like an NA meeting. Ooh, that'd be that's a good movie right there. That is, yeah. You you and Rachel McAdams you meet at an NA meeting, kind of like a Silver Linings Playbook sort of thing. I like it. I like where you're going with this. Let's get on this, Lex. Let's write this yes. thing. Okay. Done. All right. All right. It's done. You don't have to tell me twice. Uh, weren't, weren't we going down a politics path for a minute there? Right. We, we were. were about, we were heard about Putin. And right, uh, right, right. Gingrich is support, reads Putin's op-ed and says, yes, this is right and Obama is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've met Putin and, and looked into his eyes and he is a good person. Putin is not a good person. I mean, he, you know, he's basically turned Russia into a dictatorship and the last president was, you know, a puppet and Putin's back in office. And I mean, he's, he's not a nice guy. And so the fact that we have this prolific American politician going on his talk show and saying our president is, you know, a terrible man and the leader of Russia is great. Um, it's the not leader of Russia who uh, is, is banning being gay. Yeah. Now, this is just not, a, and, the, you know, w- when you find your political views aligned with Vladimir Putin, maybe you should reassess things a little bit. And, right? right. And, and so it's like, who, who is listening to Newt Gingrich and saying, yes, this guy, this is a good idea. He is speaking the truth. Um, it's, it's fascinating to me that, uh, that our public has such a short attention span. And what I'm trying to envision is like, if, if we're going 20 or 30 years from now, what is the what is the U.S. like at this point? Given that um, you know Gingrich saying what he says, I don't believe that Gingrich believes what he says most of the time. When he says that he thinks that Putin's got the right idea and Obama's got the wrong one, I don't believe that he actually feels that conviction at all. Um, we've got the very little respect from Congress for the office of the president. You've got no respect for Congress from the people who vote for Congress. <laughs> um, but when, and the, you know, the speaker of the house has no authority over his party. And uh, so basically the fact that every political office is kind of in shambles on the respectometer, which mm-hmm. I've patented by the way, uh, <laughs> I feel like that doesn't bode well for the future of government. No. Yeah. I think that, that any slice of history, there were people saying the same thing. I'm not saying that it's not getting worse. I'm just saying that it's – I think it, 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 it's – the pendulum swings. Right. Sometimes things are better. Sometimes they're worse. And we're in a place right now where politics are just worse. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. I think that things like the internet exacerbates the problem. I think that everyone having access to the kinds of information that feed into their opinion without a real good system for filtering what should inform their opinions mm-hmm. is a big problem. But I, it's going to get a little bit worse and it's going to get better again. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's there's something to be said for, you know, time and distance from things. I mean, even at this point, you know, George W. Bush, is, is his popularity is starting to go up again, right? And my opinion is he was one of the worst, if not worst, presidents. And now people are saying, oh, you know, he's not so bad. You know, <laughs> so what? Well, you there know, there he, weren't he, any WMD. Like, yeah, who cares? No big deal. You know, he just fabricated, you know, cause for going to war. It's it's kind of not okay. 
it's it's also i think amazing that we can have a republican party today that's like yes we can absolutely go to war in iraq with this made-up evidence but right. no more wars now i don't care what right. the evidence is we not, we are now the anti-war party um and and meanwhile there is evidence of assad right. using these chemical weapons so it's Although I will also say, I don't quite understand the notion of, we know that Assad's been killing lots and lots of people for a long time, but now he killed them in a way that we think is worse than all the other ways he's killing them, so now we should take action. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you killed them in what way? Right. Like, I right. feel like we're focusing on If you took them out back part. and shot them, that, that's okay. But if you gassed them, then, you know, that's a violation right. of Geneva Convention, and we're going well, to come bomb you now. The same argument scales down where you've got people who are, and I'm, I'm not going to state a position on this. I'm, I'm just making an observation. The, the people who are strongly anti-gun, and then there's the people who will say that well, you, even if you ban guns, there are other ways to kill you. Is, it, is, a, is killing people with a gun inherently worse than killing people with knives or, let's say, a bomb? And why aren't we focused on all of these things? And I, there is a point at which you kind of have to say one thing is a little bit worse than another. There's a there's a slippery slope scaling yeah. problem where if you're using chemical weapons, then there's a there's a logical next step. There's a line that's been crossed. Yeah, yeah. It's, Not to say that killing your people is ever good, but I, yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. Though it's definitely various shades of gray. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I got to give props to Wentworth Miller for finally coming out and standing up to Putin and that whole Russia thing. Um, my wife's immediate reaction was that this was a, a big loss for all of womankind. So uh, I'm no longer <laughs> speaking with my wife. <laughs> because of Wentworth Miller <laughs> no, being she, gay? I had no idea that uh, she had a big Wentworth Miller crush. But I said, oh my gosh, Wentworth Miller came out. And she said, oh, that is terrible. <laughs> she's fully in support of people coming out. She's right. fully in support of gay rights. But she is, my wife is strictly opposed to Wentworth Miller's being gay. So she, my wife, vote, vote no on Wentworth Miller is gay. This is Lauren's campaign. Was Wentworth on her list of three people? I, I guess mm. he was. I'm sure that her list has uh, Wentworth Miller now, I know. And Ian Summerholder. <laughs> Ian Summerholder from Lost. Yeah, it's a big crush of hers, but yeah. it should just be like three gay guys that she doesn't realize. Like <laughs> right. Neil Patrick Harris yeah. should be on her yeah, list. It's Neil Patrick Harris. It's um uh uh what's that guy who does all the workout videos? Richard mm. Simmons mm. and uh, Wentworth Miller. <laughs> That's my wife's what? list. Hmm. I don't care how oblivious you are. Nobody thinks Richard Simmons is yeah. straight. Yeah. Okay. I guess that, that doesn't track. No. Matt Bomer. The other thing we can we're, we're like all we over the map here. Get him yeah. on our list. Oh. <laughs> he's a good looking yeah, dude he's actually probably the best looking guy i've ever worked with um, richard simmons no uh do you know matt bomer he's on white collar he uh he was in soaps when when we were in new york and and then uh actually worked on white collar a couple of years ago oh that's a good looking dude he, right and uh it was one of those Send me a link. he wasn't out he wasn't out when uh we were, did soaps a long time ago and then he he was out when a couple of years ago when, uh, when we reconnected. So that was like a difference. And I was like really proud of him. I was like, good for you, man, for standing up for what you believe in and, you know, not worrying about public opinion. And, you know, here he is the, the star of one of the biggest cable shows. Uh, and oh, he is good looking. He's out. Yeah. But he loses points for being in, in time with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I did not, I did not see that. I'm not going to lie. I thought that in time's premise was interesting. The execution was just awful. Less so. Just Mm. awful. Justin Timberlake. I'd rather have kidney stones. uh, Seems like, I don't know. I I get mad at Justin Timberlake because he is uh, 
clearly very talented yeah and uh very seemingly a very nice guy a very funny guy um but i don't find him as a leading man very compelling in the movies that he sort of headlines mm-hmm. i wonder if he's gonna be able to sleep at night knowing you feel that way <laughs> well listen he asked twice to be on this show and each time i said you've got to stop with yeah. the the in time nonsense, I didn't like in the Christina Ricci movie either. I'm I'm getting tired of these late night phone calls from Lex. Like Justin Timberlake can go fuck himself. I hate that guy. <laughs> no, I don't hate him. It's like, dude, I'm asleep. I'm it's jealous. Four in the morning. Uh, so the other thing about Vladimir Putin. Yeah. <laughs> this, the uh, great segue. Well, let's the, solve, this, go ahead. the Snowden thing. The Snowden thing. I'm torn on that. Mm. Them putting up Snowden because I've, I've I see Snowden as a as a patriot. He did what he did because he believed it was the right thing to do, and it was the right thing to do to expose what the NSA was was doing to spy on the American people. And I don't even see that as like a. a I guess I get why the Obama administration would be a little freaked out about that or upset mm-hmm. about that, but I I don't see how there's even an argument that he is a traitor. But uh, you know, the, Russia put him up, and that's something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know all the ins and outs of of Snowden. I was working when uh, when all that kind of hit the fan, um, but so I, I know more of the cliff note versions. But um, you know, when you work for a government agency like that, obviously you got to file, you know, or sign all kinds of confidentiality agreements and things like that. And he obviously, you know, broke those. And you know, it's different when you're working for the government. I think you know whether it be CIA. FBI, NASA, whatever, um, you know, it's highly classified stuff. So, I, yeah, yeah, but if, if what they're doing is uh, a violation of the Constitution, it's it's sort of his duty as an American citizen to duty. speak up about this. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I I think that most of the, the, the primary reason that Putin put up Snowden is to piss off. Uh, oh, I'm sure. I, oh, sure. I don't think this was completely altruistic on his part. It is, but it no, is I, a... It's a mark in the plus column for him. Right. Oh, I, I would agree. And the thing about Snowden is that you got to understand, this is a guy who he was making a killing as a consultant for the NSA. He lived in Hawaii and his girlfriend was a stripper. He gave all of that up. <laughs> He's an American hero. <laughs> dramatic. He did give a lot up. Now he has Russian hookers at his disposal. But yeah, he gave a lot up. But let's let's solve sure. Syria for a second, and let's solve. <laughs> I'm just because uh, what I'm saying is, I don't know what the hell to do with Assad, <sighs> because uh, he's clear, clearly a bad guy, and he clearly has to go. We can't put we can't specifically put somebody else good in there, and I don't know what bombing them does. Like if it, if we get the current bad guys out of power, the most likely people to gain new power, uh, nice guys finish last. I learned that in television. Um, <laughs> And uh, life, we're going to get new bad guys, and I, I don't know what we're. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I've to me, it's like let's build a giant wall around Syria and seal everything. Wait, 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 wait. So your argument is that we shouldn't get rid of the bad guy because there's just going to be more bad guys? Well, I'm not saying that's always the case, but I'm saying in Syria that's the case. There's nobody. There's no. We're, there's nobody we can turn to and say, "Hey, turn this mess around." Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no Ralph Nader in Syria because <laughs> wow. he could turn this mess around. Uh, Ralph Nader. Actually, I would say yes. That's my new proposal. Let's send Ralph Nader to, Ralph Nader to Syria and just yes. whatever happens, happens. No, no. I think you're onto something. You, this is a great idea. So the people who run for president and lose, or as we're going to say from this point forward, come in second, yes. get their choice of a foreign country that when we remove the dictator, we install this person, the, the, the first runner-up, 
as the new leader of that nation. So you want Mitt Romney to head up Syria? Why not? <laughs> Why give me one good reason. Go wrong? Give me give me one way in which he's any worse than what's currently happening in Syria. No, I think he'd be great. I think that Mitt Romney would be a terrific Syrian leader. <laughs> Why not? Hmm. There we go. Problem solved. Bailey, your silence sends, indicates me that you completely agree, by the way. I'm taking Absolutely. That yes, that's exactly what that means. All right. Well, we solved Syria. Yeah. So the thing with the, the wet wipes clogging up the, yeah. the, the right. pipes, are, is that like, are you opposed to using the wet wipes for every wipe or like, would you be okay with like toilet paper and then final wipe as a wet wipe? I mean, you know how I feel, uh, which is that <laughs> using dry toilet paper is insane. And the fact that anybody does it is beyond me. So I totally get the, um, the, the advantage and the appeal of the wet wipes. I'm just saying we have to be careful. I would say don't use it last. I think it's probably first. It's a slippery slope. Right. Um, <laughs> that's not all that's slippery, Dave. But uh, I think it's. Yeah, I think uh, you probably start with the wet wipe and then move. You, you get drier over time. You can't use but, all wet wipe. That's wasteful. But I, I'm just the, the question, and it comes down to the portable bidet issue. What do you do for public restrooms? Uh, avoid them at all costs. Yeah. I'll pee all day in a public restroom. I mean, people stare at me like, how are you doing that, mister? But uh, I won't. No. There's some things you got to save for the house. Hmm. So coming back to Olivia Wilde. Let's. <laughs> Let's please. This has got to be the most diverse grouping of topics we've ever had on a single episode. So it was, it was actually kind of a, a strange phenomenon at this um, um, charity event in, in Toronto. And uh, the host, the host of, of the event, it's, it's Artists um, for Peace and Justice, APJ. And um, Paul Haggis is... I believe kind of the, the founder of, of this movement. And, um, and the, the, there's a company called roots. They used to make like the uniforms for, uh, the Olympics and things like that. Um, and so it's this big, beautiful estate, uh, in the suburbs of Toronto. And then they got the stage and everything set up on the lawn, but then the house is, is like, that's off limits. Like nobody can go in there. And so then you've got like a stack of porta potties, like out there in the trees. And I thought Wait, that, a stack? Yeah, yeah, like like three, three of them like lined up in a row. Oh, oh, yes, I thought that we meant above yes. a tower yeah. of. No, it was not. No, it was a line, a line of of porta potties, and uh, and I didn't know that originally. And I actually um, the you know one one of the doors to the house was open, and I tried to go in there to go to the bathroom, and security escorted me out, pointed me by the porta potties, and I thought that was kind of interesting. It's like okay, you're charitable enough to donate your lawn you know, to this event and have people, but not the Lou, you know, but not the Lou. You can Interesting. Go out well, you don't want random people, body. right? I actually, I kind of get it. I think I support them. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you're going to have like one prankster who like takes a shit in your bathtub or something. Oh, you have crappy parties, Dave. Yeah. I was going to say you got interesting friends. <laughs> no, I was thinking of uh, I think it was on the set of, so do you um, think Olivia Wilde was out there in the porta potty? It was maybe, Oh, no, I think yeah. Olivia Wilde held it. <laughs> I think it was a story from the set of like Garden State or something where they, they were using, they were filming in someone's house and people were just like trashing the bathroom. It was this horrible, disgusting thing. Uh, That's not good. So maybe the, the moral here is don't let Zach Braff use your bathroom. Okay. I never have. And I will continue not to do yes. so. Solid policy. Natalie Portman, she could come in the house. 